From the PSIA ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair, Last Call with Chris Rogers. Chris, great chatting with you again. Hey, George. Good to be on the show again. So what I wanted to do today, Chris, I uh, started a, a number of shows with Jonathan Ballou where we're really focusing on a presentation he does about making your good skiing awesome. And as we were talking on our first one, I thought, you know, I'd really like to connect with you and let's do a series of shows on taking your riding from good to awesome. Sound you know, okay? that's a pretty bold statement by, by Jonathan. I think, you know, the main way to make your, your good skiing awesome is to learn how to snowboard. Well, there you go. I, I, <laughs> that was the first thing he said, actually. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, we can be good at something, but, you know, after a while we can hit a plateau. Things just start to change. What are some things that you can think of that we can go over for a while. I'd really like this to be our introductory show, but that maybe we haven't thought about in our own writing that will really take us to that next level. Um, you know, it's funny, George, because I think that we kind of had that framework built into ASI through the four board performances, tilt, twist, pivot, and pressure. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about them in the certs, and we talk a lot about using them to achieve cert tasks. And we talk uh, a bit about them with our students, you know, talking about bending the front knee or, you know, driving the front, front foot and ankle. We don't necessarily reference the, the board performances a lot, but those four performances are really valuable ways to tweak our writing and kind of take our writing to the next level. And um, it's, it's kind of cool because we have them built in there as, as a learning framework, but they're also uh, make for a really good way to adjust your own writing and to, to break down things that you're doing and change them just a little bit. Well, let's take somebody who's maybe at the level two level. They've passed their level two. They want to go for their level three. But you look at that person, that's a good rider. What are some things that you can think of that they could do that would really help them make that progression? Yeah, so, you know, I think some of the things that we look at um, as as identifiers between the level two and, and kind of a somebody working towards their level three is a lot of the kind of the um, flex and extension movement patterns and, and the timing and intensity duration of those movement patterns. Um, with the level two, we're really looking for that, that mastery of the intermediate, um, demo, you know, that you can at any point step into that level four, five, six, uh, maybe even seven student and show a demo forward and switch of the things that they're going to be able to do, um, to, to advance their riding. And I think what happens is, uh, especially as people train towards level two, they get stuck in that themselves. So they spend so much time working on those movement patterns for their level two that they have a hard time breaking out of them and getting more flexible and being more adaptable to terrain and conditions and um, what's going on around them. And so, you know, at the level three, we start looking at retraction a lot more. We start looking at how not just the ability to flex and extend, but when you flex and extend and, and how you can blend movements and, um, you know, create rotary movements and steering so that you're blending pivot with um, other movements you're making to adjust your edge angles through tilt and twist um, through flex and extension. And so it's this adaptability and um, kind of ownership of your movement patterns that really separates level two and level three. And here it is July, and we're talking about making your good riding better. 
So what are some things we can do in the off season that would help us with those skills, Chris? I think that the first thing you can do is, is go out and learn something new. Uh, you know, whether, whatever that is, um, some kind of new physical activity, go put yourself in the beginner mindset again. We, you know, we've talked about that before, just the, the benefit of cross training with things that you aren't quite as good at or, you know, or that you've never done before. Get yourself in that uneasy state. Get yourself back in the mindset of a learner and, and feeling uncomfortable. Um, that, that's one of the best ways to kind of break out of some habits. Uh, and especially if you can do those relative to board sports, you know, whether that's learning to wake surf or going out and center paddle boarding, um, you know, taking up longboarding or skateboarding, even in just a low impact, slow speeds, you know, just skating around a, a parking lot, um, getting a balance board, something where you're going to be kind of on that sideways orientation, uh, balancing, making those little micro movements in your feet. Um, and then just like we're, we're talking about kind of that level two, level three, and even, even from level one where you're making, you know, level one, we're, we're demoing some very basic movements. We're, we're doing a lot of, um, you know, sequential movements or you're first going to bend your knees, then you're going to bend your ankles where we, um, we look at flex and extension, but there's not a lot of uh, intensity in those movements at level one. We take those to a little bit different movement pattern and intensity to level two. You can practice those movements and, you know, balance board, just uh, to jump on one example, taking that balance board. Um, you can start out with some, some real static flex and extension, very slow flex and extension movements, kind of rolling from nose to tail on the board um, versus then adding in more movement, uh, changing how you're flexing and extending, maybe rotating and flexing at the same time on that balance board um, or on a paddle board, looking at fore and aft movement on the board, um, jumping from uh, a standard paddle board stance to a surf paddle stance and you know moving around on the board. We start looking at that kind of what's sometimes called dynamic movements where you're being a little bit more adaptable and flexible reacting to um, what's going on. You know, a paddleboard works really well because you have that moving surface underneath you. So if a wave comes by, you need to react to that um, or even getting into like anticipating that. But all of our movements on a snowboard are, are built out of those flex extension and rotation movements um, and combinations or isolations of those in specific joints. So, you know, rotating at the spine while flexing and extending out of your ankles and knees to, um, you know, to counter onto like a nose press or something like that. So using those combinations of movements and we can practice those anytime on, you know, on any, pretty much any equipment. So Chris, take us uh, back on the snow now. And I, I want you to, uh, as an examiner and a national team member, think about working with level one, people going for their level one, level two, and where do you see the aha moments happening? So I think one of the big ones for our members is um, is is when it kind of makes sense to them that that you're not we're not necessarily evaluating their personal writing we're we're evaluating the ability to give demos to our students and and when you can wrap your head around that it can take a little bit of the, the sting out of like oh why are we why are we doing these movement patterns why are we you know I don't ride like this normally why does this matter for for the exam why are they evaluating my, me on that. And we, you know, we get those questions. We get those questions in training. We get those questions in cert. Um, you know, and some of the divisions are more task-based. Some of them are a little bit more loose and, and free ridey. But the idea behind exam, the, the, the actual riding exam, isn't to say, you know, George, you're good or you're a bad snowboarder. You're, you, your riding is great or it's not. The, the idea is that we're evaluating your ability to demo movements to a student. And I think that's a big aha moment for people is, is oh, you're not actually like, evaluating my writing personally we're, we're evaluating your ability to, to, to demo the tasks that you we, we say you need to be able to do 
to be a good instructor at level two. And so for a lot of people, that's, that's toning down their riding. We get people all the time in our level twos where we've asked for, you know, a movement pattern and they perform way above that movement pattern. And the reality is if that's how you're demoing to your students, you're probably confusing the heck out of them because they, our students aren't advanced enough to watch that movement and break it down. We need to see and be able to show that really slow, sequential, obvious movement pattern. And so a lot of times with those more advanced riders, you know, as an examiner, you're saying like, Hey, that was a, that was a really cool 360. But what I actually need to see is you going off that jump straight and landing straight and showing a real clean picture of what it looks like to go off a jump for the first time, because that student standing up at the top of the park and you're on your first run, you just intimidating them more by doing that 360. And, and it's, you know, sometimes that's really hard to wrap, wrap around. And we get a lot of like our own ego tied up in our riding. We want to show, the best of our ability. Um, and, and sometimes just reframing that as, okay, what we're looking for here is a basic skidded turn. We're, we're looking for you to make that flex and extension and show it so that if I was a student, I can really see when you're flexing and ex- extending. And sometimes that takes a little bit of over-exaggeration because to the student, they're seeing you make this big flex and extension movement. And then what they're actually doing is a much smaller flex and extension movement, right? They don't have the mastery of their um, their joints and the way their body moves that, that the instructor might. And so we want to over-exaggerate it to make it really clear that we want them to be bending and flexing and moving in those same ways. But that's funny you say that because I think of the student or myself in a clinic, you know, when someone is saying, I want you to try this, and it feels like you're making a huge movement and you can barely see it. Yep. Yeah, so, you know, imagine that. And then it's, you take it one more, it's like a game of telephone, like, um, you know, from what we're looking for in the cert to what the instructor's doing to what the, um, what the student is, is seeing, um, you know, we want the instructors making that really clear movement, not, not this kind of blended movement. And so, you know, at the level three, then we introduce that little bit higher level, more, more um, flex and extension, more retraction movements. Um, and we can get a little bit more advanced there because, the students that are at that level seven, eight, nine um, ability are starting to develop that that memory, that muscle memory, and that ability to, to see what's happening as well. And so, as the student gets more advanced, we can blend our movements more in our certs. But especially at that level one and even at level two, we really want that that very clear demonstration. And um, you know, I think a lot of our verbiage in the last few years we've updated. To, to really reference the demonstration versus like your personal riding style. And we still want to see that. We still do want to get out and, and ride and, you know, see how you would ride a pitch or, you know, go ride around the mountain. We ride from point A to point, point B while we're doing some evaluations. We want to see how you snowboard too. But when we sit down and do those actual demonstrations, we're looking for, um, for that ability to make clear, clean movements. And, and I think, I think it's, it can be hard to, to kind of wrap, wrap your head around that. And Chris, I want to go back to that rider who's doing the 360. Can that be hard for that person to actually do the straight that you were just talking about? Uh, you know, we have seen that sometimes where people kind of are so stuck in their routines or their stock tricks that it's hard for them to break out of out of that. Um, for the most part, somebody that can do a 360 can can do a straight air. But but I'll tell you what, like I. Um, I'm much more comfortable doing like a switch 180 over jump and I am doing a switch straight air. And, um, you know, there's things that you just don't, don't do very often. Uh, Nick Alfieri and I were riding at some point this, this spring. Um, and he does switch chairlift laps all the time. And, um, 
I, it's not something I'd been doing regularly. And the first couple of times I did them, you know, get on the chair with my wrong foot strapped in. Um, it, it was terrifying. So when, when you haven't done something for a while, you can, uh, you can, you know, that can definitely increase some exam, um, anxiety. If you on your first run, uh, of, of two or of three did a 360 and the examiner's like, that's not it. We want to see a straight air and you haven't done just a plain straight air in a few years. Yeah. That might, that might increase some anxiety. So, you know, it's good to train to, to, uh, what, the exam is in the different divisions and, you know, know what tasks you might be expected to do and be ready to do those and be ready to show your own writing styles too. You know, the flip side of that is you do a, you do a good couple of straight airs and, you know, and then there's an opportunity maybe at some point to go free ride the park or go, you know, kind of ride it with your own line. That's when you might throw in that 360 and the examiner might notice that, 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 you know, you, you were able to demo the task, but you also have that, that skill above and beyond the task. Chris, great visiting with you. What are we going to be talking about next time? Yeah, so, you know, I think just from the from the beginning of the call, chatting about the different ways we might be able to tweak um, our riding using tilt, twist, pivot, and pressure, just going through those four board performances. Um, let's jump into tilt next call, and we can talk about uh, different ways that we can really amplify our riding through utilizing tilt. Great. Thanks so much for joining us, Chris. Really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me, George. Last call with Chris Rogers on First Chair from the PSIA ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.